Welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. My name is David. And I'm Matt. And today we're going to do a book review. We're going to talk about a book I read some point last year called Chatter, The Voice in Our Head and How to Harness It by Ethan Cruz. Cross? K-R-O-S-S. Yep. Cross or Crows or Crossus. Exactly. So I've read this book. Matt's got some questions and insights. I think he's done some videos or reviews as well. Yeah. Looked at some reviews on YouTube. Mm. It's the place to go. There you go. Dave, why don't you dive in? Can you tell us a little bit about who Ethan Cross, the author, is? Yes, I could tell you a little bit. I mean, he, according to the inside sleeve of the book, is the world's leading expert on controlling the conscious mind. Oh, one of the world's leading. He didn't say he was the. Just one of the world's leading experts on controlling the conscious mind. So he's been a, a lecturer at a university, a lecturer at a university researcher in Michigan for 20 or so years. So he's really into it. I actually really like the way he opens the, the book, uh, the sort of introduction. Yeah. He's at home. And he's really stressed. He's thinking, I've put my family, my wife and my daughter, into danger's way. I've put them at risk, all for nothing. You're like, what's happened? And then he goes, and he is talking about how he was recently uh, walked into the office, a day like every other day, and he saw on this stack of research papers that he's got to review on top of that was a letter a handwritten letter he's like oh what's this about so he goes and he opens the letter and it's a threat a threat of violence against him and his family and he's wondering well what what's happened why has this happened and the previous week he'd gone on to cbs done a 15 minute news slot where he'd talked about how the brain processes emotional and physical pain the same. Hmm. And that bit of TV had gone viral. He'd had so much like TV training and he'd gone from talking about the psychology of love to being sort of a, a viral star and having all this media training. And this was the response to that. And he didn't really understand. But he was stressed out. He, he was experiencing that emotional pain in his body that he'd been talking about. And he, uh, he went to the police and sat down and said the policeman was kind, but not very reassuring and came away with three action steps that he could take. He said, make sure your phone number is off the public listing. So phone your phone number off the public listing. Look out for suspicious people and drive home a different way every day so that you don't have a routine. Jeepers. <laughs> okay, great. It doesn't give you much. Become a bit of a spy. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> just become paranoid. So he finds himself at home again and he's just pacing up and down, back and forward, sleepless, clenched fists. Mm. His wife is sleeping, his daughter is sleeping and he can't because he's wandering around with a baseball bat wondering if somebody's going to come and get him. Wow. And after two or three nights of that, he's he finds himself on the computer typing how to hire bodyguards for scientists. Jeepers. And at that point, he goes, what am I doing? This is stupid. 
I'm an expert in controlling the conscious mind. I know this is not a reality. This isn't anything to worry about. He went to bed and for the first time in several days, he said he unclenched his hands wow. and was able to sleep. And that was sort of the intro. You're like, oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had that exact experience, but we've all had that experience of, well, there's that voice in our head that is spiraling us and we're tense and actually yeah. we didn't need to be. Brilliant. Wow. Yeah, I've never had a death threat against me or my family. Have you, David? <laughs> no, not yet. No, I mean, I was yet. thinking, did you want one? <laughs> okay, I'll give you one. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, maybe in jest. Um, or on the football field. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose that's quite a compelling story that shows he's had some personal experiences, not just an armchair philosophy as well. Mm. So, so what would you say then is the main message of the book? Well, first everyone has a voice in their head okay and it can be an inner coach or an inner critic many of us have some tools that we naturally go to to help us but many of us will have exactly the opposite the things that drag us down so Mm. are we spiraling down or spiraling up and actually the main message is here are some tools to help you live more fruitfully i mean what what does it say on the front the voice in our head and how to harness it mm. that's that's a good summary it's a good job they use it at a byline on the uh um, on the book yeah. yeah i should have said that at the beginning so i like that and because it's not just a case of oh, you've got to silence that inner critic it's much more you can harness that inner coach make the voice in your head work for you mm-hmm. and and for your benefit so yeah the opening chapter i think is called why we talk to ourselves and he he talk, he quotes some stuff by Vygotsky, and he basically suggested mm. that our verbal development is exactly equivalent to our emotional development. And you see that especially yeah. in toddlers, where once they have a word for something, they can start to control it. Mm. And that being a, an outward, like the, the voice that starts when we're children, we verbalize everything, that becomes our inner voice. But that is how our emotional landscape looks. And that idea is really interesting to me. Mm. It's the, um, is it Mr. Robbins or Mr. Robinson? Or Mr. Rogers. Rogers. Fred Rogers. Him. There we go. Mr. Rogers. That's why you're, you're the one that remembers people. Not <laughs> Robinson. Robinson's a drink. Um, Mr. <laughs> Rogers. And he, it's that quote. Um, everything that is mentionable is manageable. Mm-hmm. Or every, no, everything is manageable mentionable and everything that's mentionable is manageable but if you don't even have a word or you don't understand what you're the the um, sensations that you're feeling mm. you literally can't mention it mm. and so you can't manage it it manages you so yeah that inner voice as it's a lot about self-control and emotional management really really yeah. interesting okay so great we have an inner voice it can be a critic or it can be a coach mm. how how do we stop it from being a critic and uh what are maybe some of the ways that you can make it a coach? Well, this was a great story of a sort of an inner critic. He talked about um, Rick Ankiel. Have you heard of him? Baseball pitcher. It's October 2000, year 2000. And they're in the playoffs. He's with the Cardinals. It's the first game of the playoffs. And he's up there. Everyone knows this is the pitcher for the future. And he throws and it's a wild pitch. It takes a weird bounce and it goes somewhere. And he's like, oh, it's okay, it's not that bad. 
And then he has his thoughts. I just did that on national TV. So it's okay. Brush it off. Brush it off. Gets up. Next pitch. Even wilder. Much worse. At this point, he's anxious. He's stressed. He started sweating. He's only 19. And he spirals. And pitch after pitch just goes wild. They have to take him out of the game. Wow. He doesn't pitch the next game. A couple of games later, he comes back. And this is why it's memorable. The exact same thing happened. And he, grew, he just, he was never able to pitch again. That spiral moment just happened. And that critic got on his back. Mm. And he eventually got back playing professional baseball, but he never pitched again. He was an outfielder. Goodness. So he had all that promise. Yeah. But, uh, wow. And that's, that's one of the things, I mean, I studied in sports science. We talked about this idea of choking, not physically choking, but like mentally choking, choking when the pressure is on yeah. and you try and consciously control the thing that you put into the subconscious patterns of your body. Yeah. That's when it all goes wrong. There's iconic moments in golf and maybe in football and soccer, like penalty shootouts, when the thing that they've done automatically for all of their life, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years of, of sport, it all goes wrong and they look like they've never played before. Sure. And that's that's a mental thing. That's a mind thing. That's so interesting. So that's what happens when it goes wrong. When yeah. we don't, when we let it run away. Yeah, and I think we we don't necessarily all have the experience I haven't for a high pressure sports moment necessarily. Um that's why it's probably in, in football penalties is so interesting, isn't it? Because you have to you're isolated. You can't just react. You literally you're walking up your planet, and everybody's watching, and that's the pressure moment. And so that that's why it's such an interesting psychological thing to analyze because you've got one player against another player, and the mind game is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If it was just down to mechanics, everybody would always score mm-hmm. because there are places you can put the ball where the keeper can't possibly get there. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about mechanics. It's no. about two humans facing up and who can calm themselves best and the goalie's doing everything he can to try and put the player off. Uh, so yeah, that's why that's a fascinating thing. Yeah. So that's when it goes wrong. Yeah. And it can literally, in that case, spiral a career mm-hmm. down from what could have been promise mm. to another thing. And there have been other cases where pivotal moments in a player's career at the height of you know, maybe a Champions League or a World Cup final and something doesn't go right and they never really bounce back. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if, yeah, this chatter thing yeah. is something that holds them back. Yeah. And I, I really like this book. He, he weaves stories into it and comes out with some good action points. It's a, fa- a relatively short read, 200, 250 pages. But he tells the story of this African-American woman. Very smart. She's gone through university. She she's sort of studying to university, and she's kind of been recruited by the NSA. So it's this high intensity like training. She's got to do polygraphs and all these things, and just the stress of it all. She can't sleep. She started getting spots. Like all of this, like it's physically manifesting in her body. She's like, it's such a big thing. It's such a, a pressurized thing, and she ended up going home. This is a I recently reread this story, so this is from memory, but she ends up going home and she starts listening to her grandparents and her, the story of her family. And she decides, I'm going to research into my family tree. And you would have thought, for someone that is, at a, like, I think she was at an Ivy League school, mm. she's been recruited by the NSA, so she, she has, doesn't need another side project, mm. right? 
But actually, she starts investigating the story of her family and realizes that this is the culmination of generations. Mm. And that it's like, it's okay. Uh, how far I've come as a part of my family. And mm. that, that zoomed out pros, per perspective or not her life in context to her family's life, mm. in context to all that had been going on in the US, that changed everything in her life. She suddenly was able to show up in those interviews, relaxed, because she was yeah. like, oh, this is the culmination of years and decades and, and lives, and it's okay. And no matter what happens, it's okay, because she zoomed out and given her a perspective. And so the family tree for her was one way of doing that, but there are other ways to zoom out. And that's one of the really key tools is can you zoom out? Can you look at the what's happening right now in the context of what might happen in your life or in the world? And, and actually giving yourself a perspective really helps harness that, that or control the, the inner critic, the inner self-talk. Yeah, absolutely. One of the videos that um, I saw the author himself talking through, obviously, to an audience, and he was explaining that in the research for this book, um, one of the studies that they did was put people in a stressful situation, students mm -hmm. at, uh, at the university they were at. And he said, what was, what's the most stressful situation or stress-inducing thing that we can give to people that is ethical, mm -hmm. you know, that will pass an ethics um, board? And he asked the audience and someone said loud noises. He's like, well, yeah, that works. And then someone else straight away, public speaking. Yes, public speaking. We basically put them into an interview situation. We said, we want you to come up with in five minutes a, a pitch, a five minute pitch for why you should get into your dream job. And then you're going to pitch that to a couple of people and it's going to be video recorded and then you'll be judged. Mm. And they took them to a, like a room for five minutes, bare walls, just a table and a chair, no pen, no paper, no phone, nothing, prepare. And um, and then they took them into this room to interview. At the flip of a coin, half the participants were told beforehand, um, well, we want you to um, do a reflection before you do this, because we found that some people find um, reflecting on what they're feeling and expressing that uh, ahead of time helps. And mm -hmm. so just do that in the first person. So this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling stressed because. Uh, and then the flip of the coin for the other half of this the participants was the same except for one tiny difference express how you're feeling but in the third person mm -hmm. so in this case it would be Matthew is stressed because you know the author's case it was Ethan is so you, you remove yourself through this artificial separation for the third person uh, and they they then went in did the did the folk you know the interview and it was recorded and then they had a separate panel of judges who didn't know anything else about the study to just go effectively judge these people on what, you know how calm they are, how persuasive they are, and, and, and how likely you would be to actually hire them for a position. Yeah. And they aggregated all of these numbers, and the people that spoke in the first person were markedly, basically their average marks were a, little, a couple of points lower than the people that, that spoke to themselves in the third person. Yeah. And so not only did they actually feel karma after having, you know, spoken their stress out in the third person, they literally performed better. Mm. And I think it's very similar to what you were saying that that lady, she she was able to then show up with more 
pose with less stress mm. and because of that you're actually able to function better mm -hmm. really interesting yeah and so he he talks about that as a slightly different tool but that i become you your plural you your yeah. and he said that was the moment in his story when he sat at the computer and he's typing bodyguards for scientists he goes ethan what are you doing then say what am I doing? So, yeah. Ethan, what are you doing? Yeah. And we all have that moment. I work with somebody and when something goes wrong, they refer to it and they go, ah, oh, and they say their name and then, and it's like, oh, that's really interesting. He never knew about this research. Yeah. But some of us intuitively do this. I've done that to myself before. I've like, David, come on, get it together. And, and it's like that distancing talk. And they basically said, when you're in that stressed place, it's so tempting to go to the immersive self-talk and it mm. becomes very self-focused, very overwhelming. And like you said, it increases the stress. When you can put yourself in the third person, it's just this tiny bit of distancing. It's yeah. just this tiny bit of vocabulary, but it can help so very much. Um, so, yeah, can you... It's the idea of, especially if it's a negative place or your temp, your the, the drive is to go into this negative spiral, mm. can you create distancing either by zooming out and, and saying, hey, what does this look like from, you know, the helicopter view or from my lifelong view or with even bigger, my, my family's history? What does this moment mean? And actually, sometimes you go, this moment doesn't mean that much. Or actually, I'm not even going to remember this in two years time. So I can wind it down. It's, you know, and you just basically create a little bit of distance between those emotions, mm. which then help you show up a little bit calmer. Nice. I would like say that. one other thing, because we've you know, been talking for quite a while. This was a really interesting one, really important one, I think. He said, the power and peril of other people. So that's, that's chapter five. Mm. And it depends how you view people. So often we hear people say, oh, you need to blow off steam. And they said, literally, that comes from the idea of how we viewed engines or m mechanics and machines at the time. You released the steam, which would release the pressure, mm. which was good for the engine. Because what happens if you don't release the steam? It blows up. You get an explosion. And so what did we go? Oh, we said, oh, people are like machines. Sometimes they would need to release their steam as well. Mm. And so we, we let people recount their stories. Vent trial. They, the they vent. They vent. And they said, basically, that doesn't work. Actually, it makes it worse. Because you relive those experiences, you re-express those emotions, you retread those paths, and generally that doesn't help. That actually makes it worse. Wow. That's how the brain works. And so, so some people think they're helping by letting people vent. Or some people go to the people that are going to let them vent because actually there's a little bit of it that feels good. Yeah. So really Vindicate what, me. Yeah, really what you need is someone that will, will get you but will help you find a different perspective. Wow. And so that, that's really interesting because uh, people can be very helpful in helping us find other perspective. But the risk is we go to the people that sort of help us feel vindicated, but let us vent, which actually doesn't make us, it doesn't move us forward. And so they make our self-talk, our inner talk, much worse. And so the flip side of that is, am I somebody that can help somebody else get a bit of perspective? gently help them reframe it see it in a bigger perspective see it from a different angle dampen that down that immersive self-talk and that's why I was, I was really interested because lots of people we know they want to go to somebody's event they say hey I'm a really good listener I'll listen to somebody event it's like well what if I told you that was making it worse for them would mm. you still think you're helpful mm. so that that was a really nice framing uh, I liked that chapter a lot sure yeah I like that
And it doesn't necessarily mean if someone comes to you and they have something that they want to vent about or complain about or, or feel they need to express, you don't listen to them at all. Mm. But it does m- maybe help to inform or how do I respond to that so I've listened to them mm-hmm. and maybe they're now starting their second go around and I can see okay we're repeating the cycle here so you know okay well how else what are some questions or some ways that I can say I truly hear what you're saying this is sounds like what you've experienced maybe, how's a different way to perceive this and and um, you know so yeah I like that and how to be helpful to other people often it can be quite easy when thinking about topics like this well how does this help me how do I make sure that my own mental voice is a coach rather than a critic? But we can also do the same for other people. We can help to be that external voice. Um, and probably in doing that, that can help us with, our, for example, that distance one. It, you know, the other example is, if you had a friend that was in a, this situation that you're facing, how would you advise them? Mm-hmm. You know, and literally, how would you advise a friend facing this situation? Mm-hmm. Great, now do that. <laughs> yeah. Do your own, literally take your own advice. I have asked that question before in coaching. Mm. Yeah, several times. It's a, it's a good one. And that's the point, is that sometimes we get so wrapped up in the immersive self-talk mm. that we, we don't do as well. I mean, I, I inadvertently had that as advice when I was coaching sports and when I was public speaking very early on, which helped me. But they said, if you're standing at the front, you're not there for you. Mm. You're there because you've got some information or something that you can help the people in front of you. Mm. So suddenly, I'm not even thinking about me anymore. Yeah. I'm thinking, how can I help them? And that meant I wasn't in the immersive self-talk. There was a little bit of a distancing and I helped. I put myself in the, in the, in the sense of a coach. I'm not self-focused in that way. And I yeah. think that's very interesting that actually the self-immersive talk can be quite a negative space. Now, final thing I'll put to this is that if you are in a really joyful moment, enjoy that yeah be in the immersive state that is kind of the point but actually you know be joyful be present be fully attentive to those things mm-hmm. but actually those negative spaces you need the tools to be able to distance so that you can better manage because otherwise they can be quite overwhelming and they can spiral us down and the more you spiral the the more difficult it can be to get a handle sometimes great love that so who's this book for Anyone that's got an inner voice? (laughs) Yeah, all you people that speak to yourselves in your head. That's me. (laughs) Yeah, so I I really enjoyed it. I'd I'd recommend it. I'll probably read it again in a couple of years' time just to refresh, just to recapture some of those stories as well. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. And until then, make it count with a great inner voice. Mm -hmm.